Hey fam, let's catch the moment. We open this space with the knowledge that the land in which we are located is occupied and unceded territories. On this, their traditional land and ancestral home, join us in acknowledging the tribal groups from where we personally vibe, including the Kickapoo, Kansas, Osage, Odos, Missouri, Padawami, Sioux, Shawnee, Wyandotte, Choctaw, and Chitty Macha tribes. We look to you as we become better stewards of the land we inhabit. Peace and love. Let go. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. And welcome to the We Out Here podcast, a place to hear the stories of black, brown, and indigenous folks in science and nature. You're listening to your boy, Alexi G, coming to you from the black lands of the Kumeyaay down here in San Diego, California, waking up, rising, shining, (laughs) feeling good and feeling great. And of course, with me as always. Oh, hey. Just um, your neighborhood jazzy tone sinus infected <laughs> Allison here <laughs> in the Narragansett lands uh, on the settlers map known as Providence Road Island. As usual. Thank you for having me, even though I'm always here. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Allison, the one and only. Allison's voice is nice and gravelly this week, not buttery, not biscuity. <laughs> But she's in the grits now. Of course, Allison and I aren't the only folks on this podcast. We have an excellent guest with us this week. Go ahead and introduce yourself with your name, your pronouns, and what you do. So I'm Dr. Becker Bakashava. Um, he, him. Uh, glad to be here. I'm a medical doctor and a farmer. I love the land. Glad to be here. Yeah, my man, my man. We're really excited to have you on the program, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alison. Thank you, Alexi. I hear the term doctor in there. So what kind of doctor are you? I'm a medical doctor for 10 years now, uh, trained at uh, the Makere University in Uganda and uh, practicing as a public health specialist, leading programs majorly focused on combating HIV and AIDS in Uganda. And uh, that's what I do for most part of the day, for most part of my week. How did you get into doing this this sort of specialty with public health and HIV in Uganda? Is that just something where you just wound up there by accident or was it intentional? I was actually born in 1985, right about when HIV was getting to be known. Yeah, yeah. And one of the first places it was actually identified was in Uganda. Oh, okay. And growing up as a young child... I saw how HIV was ravaging communities in Uganda with hardly any interventions and also, I guess, as I went through school and my passion drew me towards becoming a medical doctor, inevitably, it was clear that maybe my heart resided where I could fight the biggest killer of our lifetime was, and and that's HIV and TB. So, Drawn there, been doing it for a decade or so, and I'm glad I'm able to make a contribution. That's big, man. That's very big. So uh, you said you were born in 1985 and you were grown up. Where'd you grow up? Were you in the city or outside of the city? I'm not a city boy. (laughs) 
and raised on the farm, literally. Like, yeah, being born and the first place you come to, the land that you touch is actually the farm. So my mom gave birth to me on the farm, right on the farm under a coffee tree. And that's where I grew up. I learned to take care of cows before I could write my name. Yeah, well. And even when I started going to school in southwestern Uganda, Mbarra, to be specific, the weekends, the holidays, in between the school terms, I would rush back to the farm. So I can say that I was born and raised on the farm. And even now that I'm a medical doctor with quite a busy schedule running programs, I still find it in my heart to run back to the land and take care of cows and grow plants and watch them grow and nurture them. So that's where I am now. Sick. I love that. So you've, you are a medical doctor, but you're still, you said you're not a city boy. So you still love farmland and farm culture and you still have farmland. Sure. Yes. And now you've grown, you have your own adult life. You told us previous to recording, you've got some kiddos. So are they as enthusiastic about farming? Your two kids, are they as enthusiastic about farming as you are? I would say pretty much, especially Noella. So I have Adrian, he's 11, and Noella, the little girl, is four and a half. Okay. I think I see a lot of myself in Noella because, like, the farm is her best hangout. Because when we are at the farm, she's like, has the most beautiful smile. She's running around. She's like at her happiest. You know, like how you take a, a kiddo to like a candy shop and they, they are spoiled for choice and running around. Yeah, yeah. Now that's Noella when she gets to the farm. Oh my gosh. Like she's running around. She wants to do this, go with the goats, the cows. Like she's, she's one of the few children that I've seen that actually doesn't fear cows at all. Sometimes she gets so dangerously close to a cow and I'm like, wait a minute, Noella, please. Hold on, let's saddle up. All right? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, okay. So I'm sure that means that you all go to the farmland a lot. At least yeah. well, when you have time, when you have time, because you're very busy on the uh, medical side of things. So Kids are funny. Uh, I feel like they bring a lot of fun um, to any environment, especially if they enjoy where they get to play and at the farm. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling real. Oh, should I? It's story time. <laughs> I get to go with them quite often to the farm. So unlike me who spent my early years right on the farm, I would just leave the farm, go to school and back to the farm. We stay with them in the city, in Kampala. But every weekend, I get to go to the farm. And on most weekends, more weekends than not, I actually go with them. And they actually love it. They love the rights to the farm, but also the actual time at the farm. I'll tell you there's this particular weekend, I'm back from a very busy week of medical work and program management and, and all this. And it's one of those few weekends where I feel like I need a downtime. Let me just be home with the kids, chill, play, go out, eat ice cream and, and yeah. recharge. 
and some literally not in the mood to get out of the house that particular weekend. So Noella gets up very early in the morning because she's used to the school routine. She's up and she's like, Daddy, we go to the farm. I'm like, Noella, not this weekend. <laughs> she's like, Daddy, let's go to the farm, please, please. You know how kid shakes you up just to make sure that what you're saying is not from like half half asleep, half awake. Just to confirm yeah, that like you're fully awake. And, yeah, like, you know, like she knows that you're hearing what she's telling you. So she says this over and over and over. And I'm like, Noella, please, let's let's just stay. We'll go another weekend. And then Adrian comes and joins in. He's like, Daddy, take us to the farm. We need to see the cows. We need to pump. So they love to pump water for the cows and, and all. So they join in. It's like now they are ganging up on me. Not fair. I'm like, Not okay, fair. let's... So can't we just do this next like next weekend? I promise I'll take you very early Saturday morning, we sleep over and come back. And nothing I could say was was helping. So yeah. luckily it's breakfast time. Noella gets up, takes her breakfast, she she's goes, we're having breakfast and all. Just after that she sleeps off, takes a nap. And I'm like, now that she's asleep, maybe by the time she wakes up. She'll have forgotten about the request, the nagging about the farm and all. I have a question. Yes. You and your experience as a father, was it hope that made you think in the morning she would forget? Or was it actual evidence that she would, make you, she would forget? Actually, it was, it was purely hope because from experience, they never forget. When they want something. But this particular time, I was hoping that maybe the sleep will ease the... Hey. and whatever but I was so wrong like you gotta have hope man yeah it was I think it's what they call hope against hope or something yeah so about 30-40 minutes into the nap she's up and first thing daddy let's go to the farm what are we still doing here and this is now like 10 30 <laughs> in the morning the sun is getting out, it's really out and beginning to warm up. Yeah. We have very nice weather in Uganda. You should you should come over sometime. sometime. Like I'll take you up weather. on that. All year round, so we don't have your usual summer, winter and all. It's, it's sunshine during the day, darkness at night, warm throughout the day. So anyway, it's heating up and I'm like, it's 10.30, let's do this next weekend. She's like, Daddy? I'm a champion farmer. Take me to the farm. <laughs> what? Not a champion farmer. She is in right now. Oh, she, she, is dog, she is the main character. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> incredible. I think she knows the words that she says to me that where I cannot say no. Like, like those magic words. I think on the magic words she has added champion farmer. She knows when she says that. <laughs> Daddy won't say no. So, the moment she says that, I'm like, Noel Adrian, you know what? It's farm time. Yes. Pack your bags. <laughs> yes. Pack your bags. And we are not doing just this afternoon. We are coming back tomorrow evening. Look at that. Hot because dog. I know their school time is Monday. I'm like, so we are doing now. We are stretching it. Saturday afternoon through Sunday. 
and you come back in the evening. Pack your bags. You should have seen them. You'd think they were packing to go to a play park or something. Like, so excited, very quick. Uh, they're asking each other, we need long trousers, we need this, we need, we need sweaters for the evening because it may get a bit cold. Daddy, please, we need the Bluetooth speaker because they know music is part of the farm vibe. So within a few minutes, fully packed up into the car, off we go. And usually, sometimes they sleep off when we are moving the, to the farm because it's about two hours drive from Kampala where we stay. By this particular time, the excitement was like through the roof. They were chatting and talking about this and talking about this. They go to different schools, so they are, they are talking about their friends from the different schools and what, and telling me this, telling me that. So we reached the farm. It's about 2.30 p.m. And that's usually around the time when we do the afternoon milking. Okay. So we yeah. reach the farm and straight to the milking yard. So we don't have your typical milking parlor and machines. We do hand milking. Okay. So yeah. the boys at the farm are set to do the milking and also we get in there and they are like super excited. This was the one time where they were so eager to milk, to be part of the milking like physically. So they're asking uh, George at the time and, and uh, another, another farmer and James, please teach us how to milk even before they could greet them or whatever. We want to milk, we want to do this. Of course, Noella is little, much as she wants to do so much, she could only do so little. And Adrian is the one now, like, seated, like, getting real, real mentorship on job training. So he's seated, this is how you do, you ease up everything. And Noella is watching the brother milk. Of course, it's hard, especially the first time. Like, pretty hard. Sometimes you pull on the teeth and nothing comes out. Because it's not just about the energy, but also the technique. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But within a few tries, he's at least pulling a fair stream of milk. But Noella is bursting out in hysterics, laughing. Oh, look at Adrian, he can't milk. He's only bringing small milk all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So here they are, they are best buddies. <laughs> so she's running around in hysterics. She's like, Daddy, you see, you see, you see Adrian. He can't even bring beef milk like, from the teeth. It's just small streams. And <laughs> not even second place, Dad. Hey, up, come home. All right. Yeah, yeah. She said, "Sorry, the champ is watching." Exactly. So that's that's like within a few minutes of getting the farm, and also anyway, we get through the milking now out with the grazing and uh, usually from the milking part they go by the water point and then to the field to graze and one of their favorite activities at the farm is pumping water for the cows so we have this food pump uh, more like um, i think i've seen some machines in the gym that they are practically a food pump instead of using the hands you use the feet so to manually pump water from the... Kind of like that Stairmaster thing? Exactly. From the deep well into the trough. And even a three-year-old, two-year-old, as long as someone can walk, they can actually pump water and, and water the cows. 
And that's like usually their biggest excitement. We are pumping water. Um, when we started out, I used to tell Adrian that every time you work at the farm, I'll pay you. And pumping water was like the quickest thing because then you'd know that you'd have pocket money as long as he works at it. Um, was really picked it up, so they are there taking turns pumping water for the cows and like it's incredible how these kids, one is 11, the other one is 4, they're actually able to pump water for about 50 or 60 cows at a go and water them. That's, that's too much, that's banana. So they are done and that really excites them, like so much, so they are done and then we now go to chill with the, with the cows because it's the paddocks, there's not much running around with them, we first off most of the path, so just sit out with a few drinks, sodas here and there, and then the music, because that's like a big part of the drill, so out there seated like a picnic, but with the cows. So as they are picking on their grass, you're there munching on whatever yeah. you're munching and, and playing music. And that's like watching the sunset in that moment is like the most fulfilling thing. And, and those are the moments I love. Those are the moments I really treasure. So when you're like, when you're hanging out looking at that sunset, describe that like landscape for me when you're looking out of that sun. So where we have the farm, we could easily have, um, so it's generally the landscape in most of Uganda is, and the southwestern part of Uganda is really gentle, undulating hills. So small little valleys in between, that's where I usually put the dams. And then yeah. the hills are really gentle, not too high, not too, not too flat. And so it gives you like the perfect view of the sunsets and the sunrises. I prefer the sunsets. I'm a sunset person. Yeah. I, I'll do anything just to watch, just to watch yeah, yeah. that golden moment of the sun setting. And doing that while the cows are there is like, for me, the most fulfilling thing. The most fulfilling thing. So, yeah. Man, I can bet that's beautiful. <laughs> So what what kind of music are we talking? Tell describe the music that you're uh, that you put on, and then the music that your kids put on. I need to know the difference. <laughs> it looks like I influence a lot of their testing music because they tend to pick up a lot on the music I play in the car, and then they tend to love that. And and so usually they'll end up choosing the song that I like and and But generally it's Afrobeat. A lot of Ugandan music. A lot of of uh, Nigerian music. Okay, yeah. But Noela in particular has this special liking for my piano. You know my piano? The beat from South Africa? Yeah. Like that's her, that's her thing. Like she'll wake up just to the beat of my piano. Like she'll be sleeping, deep sound sleep. The moment that my piano song plays, she's up and grooving. So that's what it does to her. So it's usually really a lot of Afrobeat and I'm a piano in the mix. And we'll do that all day, all night. Wow. That's poor little Bluetooth speaker. It's like, give me a break. <laughs> I need some sleep. Like I that. <laughs> yeah, so you guys watch the sunset. And then do you guys like go to sleep after that? Or do you hang out a little bit longer? 
Do you save the next day? What are we talking? So we have this usual routine of like when the cows are going back home, that's usually the time to sit and chat with the with the guys at the farm, talk about this, talk about that, catch up on the plans. So most of our planning for the farm is actually informal, in the informal meeting, yeah. in the informal meetings. And there's no better place than in the evening, the cows are home by the fireplace. So we set up fire because we have lots of logs at the farm. Yeah. So as we clear the farm, to clear the, for the pastures, we also get logs for the fire. So usually we have a lot of logs for the fire. Like we, nothing goes to waste, nothing goes to waste. So as you're clearing the farm of, of thicket and shrubs, yeah. you're getting wood for the fire. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you're like clearing the land, making it easier to access and then also like gathering firewood for yourselves. That's dope. Exactly. So we, we set up that. So that's usually the time to, you're doing your, your tea in the evening for the kids. But also it's the time to give the guys at the farm a few cold beers. So the town that serves us is not so far, about two kilometers, three kilometers. Yeah, yeah. So we call up a guy, uh, he brings in a few cold beers for the boys at the farm, seated by the fire chatting with music blazing. Of course the kids reach a point and they start dancing and they are competing and who is better and whatever. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> and, and this goes on from 8 p.m. to at the farm we usually sleep late we usually sleep like that's the time to like chill there's no pressure of kids it's yeah. 8 p.m. go to bed no it's it's usually it's the freest time and I think that's why they love it sometimes because there is no bedtime at the farm yeah I see that that sounds about right they know at the farm they can afford to sleep at 1 a.m. to group around that's really cute yeah so off to bed usually around 1 a.m or what, what time are you guys up in the morning morning usually early uh, 5 a.m for most of the guys because that's when we start the morning milking and uh, because it syncs with when the kids usually wake up home for for school even when you they have the freedom sleeping They'll be up at around 5, 5.30, join everyone to in, in the milking, help out with the, with the calves. We do bucket feeding for some of the calves. Uh -huh. So they, they love that. So they love to like get the milk for the calves and put it in the bucket for the calves to feed. And they are, they are competing. This calf is drinking the fastest. This one is not or, or, or not so... They really help out, so they are always busy. <laughs> yeah. They are always busy, and I think that's the beauty with the farm. There is always something to do for everyone, as long as you're interested. And yeah. Like, you see them really get get busy, and, and you see it gives them quite a lot of joy that they've actually helped out. they fed the calves, they've done this, they've done this, so... And then, after milking, breakfast is usually a little later. The cows are priority at the farm, so they're out to the pastures earlier than people can actually have breakfast. Okay, yeah. So out, and, and usually it's also a good time because as the cows are out early morning, that's when you're able to tell which one is okay, which one is unwell, which one may be sick or not. So like that's also a really 
a really good time to check on your heart health and all that. That's something I'm already trying to show the kids that yeah, like this is the best time to because in the morning you expect every cow to be grazing. So if they're out early in the pastures and you see a cow that is not grazing as much as it should be, then you're saying this needs to be checked. So on top of being a medical yeah. doctor, thumbs up. By yeah. the mere fact that I grew up on the farm, I'm a veterinarian, like lucky vet. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my you, you get yeah. to do a lot of this. Loki vet. I am Loki vet. You do your thing, you know which cow is yeah. sick, which the common illnesses you're able to treat, and yeah. you're only calling the vets for really the complicated cases. That's part of being a farmer. Right. In this part of the world, I don't know, in your part of the world, how farmers be, but here you're the nutritionist, you're the vet, you're a jack of all trades. Yeah. Especially on like smaller farms, that's still, I think that's still part of the process where it's like you have a, a traveling veterinarian who handles the region and you call them up when you need them. Yep. And like it's difficult. There are actually a lot of programs here in the U.S. for medical doctors as well as veterinary doctors. There's funding for them to pay for school to actually go to farmland rural areas because there just aren't enough yeah. resources and enough folks that can do all the work. Okay, that's that's cool. I've had a couple friends that have stumbled upon those opportunities. Yeah, there's. I literally have a, a, two, a pair of friends. They're married. One's a medical doctor. One's a veterinarian. And oh, they were part of programs funny. like that. Yeah, <laughs> it helps get some of that student loan debt down. Yeah, but it is. It is. A, it is true. Like a lot of, especially small town farmers um, here, smaller farmers here, not the big industry farms. Like they. Yeah. I mean, and they know their animals best. To be quite yeah. honest. Yeah. You know the animals better than anybody else, so they do most of the stuff, most of the treatment. Yeah, yeah. And if you're listening and you are considering going to vet school, we'll look into a program like that. Yeah, when when you stay with your animals, you you learn them. You know which one is well, which one is unwell. So basically, that's how we go through the morning. The the goats are out later in the day, and those are real hard work because they run around a lot. They are not like cows that you stay in one place and graze. So so Noel and Adrian will run after them and the few are now in and they, they are giving up. They are like, we can't keep up. We can't keep up with the goats because they really run. Like you need to be very athletic. I think uh, goat farmers can handle marathons or something because there's no sitting down. You have to keep on your feet. And that yeah. Adrian is still yeah. challenging because there's time I let him like stay with the goats for some time and about i think he was a little young about seven or eight and about 20 minutes later he returned he had practically put up his arms and said i can't keep up he was crying and the goats were in the garden (laughs) (laughs) and when i asked him he's like no no. the goats were running too fast i couldn't keep up the chase so they are hard work they will tell you you rather look after yeah. 200 cows for a day than had 20 goats. I like it. I believe it. That's funny. We have the the saying here in the U.S. of like herding cats, but it sounds like honestly herding goats is hard enough. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard work. It's, like it's for running. Yeah. You need the expansive land and, and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So basically that's what um, we do and 
we'll have our lunch usually lots of chicken we eat at the farm we practically eat 100% homegrown the chicken is right yeah. off the farm the plantain or bananas are right off the farm the vegetables you know you're getting your vegetables as fresh as never before right off the farm and and also like that's that's the beauty i grew up knowing that you have to grow your own food yeah even the time when i stay in the city i feel like not every time you're going to eat you need to go to the store to the grocery to buy the stuff like sometimes you need to grow your own food if you can all the time but at least you know that as a farm you have all that really packed yeah, yeah. in it you only get to buy just a few things and so if you're talking organic it's as organic as as can never be satisfied <laughs> so something i was wondering with talking about uh about you know you get up and check the animals and then you eat breakfast uh you know around eight or so so i was wondering if part of the morning routine before you're eating breakfast is like getting any of the food together um yeah a bit of that i mean the milk will be already there but most of the other things are really within reach so it's 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 not hard work it's it's plan what i'm going to eat today is chicken chicken is there the potatoes are there and, and all the vegetables usually most of this is within a few meters of the household okay yeah so it's really pick to pick okay no. yeah that was that's something i was wondering that's man that's bomb that made me hungry dog <laughs> i know <laughs> you're just thinking about I'm when like, you said plantains so i was like oh i need a fried plantain right now so yeah. bad so no yeah i'll tell you when you come to uganda you realize that even when we don't have certified organic food right almost everything we take is yeah. organic yeah well, it's funny because we everything. we have to have certified organic stuff because of the amount of like I don't want to say synthetics, but the amount of stuff that goes into our food in terms of like processing, uh, like the use of like pesticides and uh, herbicides and other chemicals like that, including runoff waste and all sorts of stuff like that. So we need the designation. But for you guys, it's like when you're growing it on the farm where it may not have a lot of the in, like specific industrial impacts that we that our food has a lot of times especially from monoculture yeah, farming yeah, we, like, we don't we really yeah like growing up as told if you use herbicides and pesticides on crops you spoil the soil right exactly yeah so that's the teaching i got when i was young and up to now you know you have your organic manure the manure from the cows from the goats right it's all there feeding the soil and vice versa yeah. so and we're good i mean you get to use the same plot of land for several years yeah so you actually protect the land and the soil and then it feeds us <laughs> i feel like i want to take a farm adventure now alexi we need to put it on our bucket list i was yep, in absolutely especially you once you it. said goats i was in You're instantaneously <laughs> so that's how we'll be and then wind up so this particular weekend we're done by around five, so we hit the road. <laughs> Still, no signs of people sleeping in the car. Even when I'm good driving solo in the car, and then midway there, Noella looks at me and she's like, "Daddy, thank you so much. We had so much fun." I was like, "Wow, 
for me that was it for me yeah that was it for me so like when you know that yes it wasn't like your most comfortable choice earlier yesterday to come and then you come you do all this and Nola is out of her own volition telling you you know what that was a beautiful beautiful couple of days here like that was that was it then you know that you can do this over and over Yeah, that that's beautiful, man. That's that's really lovely. It, and honestly, like this story does remind me of the times I would go visit my dad. Uh he was, you know, really struggling for a, a period of time and so part of his like recovery from drug and alcohol abuse was working on this uh working on this farm in a halfway house and so I would go visit him a lot of times as a kid cuz it was probably a 40-minute drive from the city. And so it was a place for him to stay and then also something for him to do and connect with so that he could just really kind of rebalance. And, uh, and so I'd go, I'd go visit him and like being around the it's horses, therapist. man. Yeah, it was. It was honestly, it's and he still really. talks about it as like an incredibly therapeutic part of his life. And just visiting him out there was like, it did something for me that still sits in me. And I didn't realize it until recently. And so like those those experiences on the farms for your kids are like, those are like core memories. Those are going to, you know, they're affecting who they are as they become adults. It's really cool to hear other, you know, other people's stories that are similar, but completely different. It's like a really cool, it's a cool little chord that ties us all together. Like yeah. experiences aren't yeah. that different or that far removed from one another. Um, and as we keep yeah. finding over and over again, like nature is extremely healing for the body and for the mental and for the physical. So, yeah. Incredibly healing. Yeah. And it never it's never going out of style. Like it's multi-generational. It resets your balance, physical, mental, emotional. I mean, <laughs> yes. Exactly. We desperately needed to go further into style in the West. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean you get to see how so many animals live in one small space comfortably together and then you ask yourself why do we fight over as humans why do we fight over these little things when man when animals can happily share and, and also like it's real good balance yeah for the heart for the mind for the soul dog you're speaking to me man this is ah man, my man's preaching <laughs> yes <laughs> yep Yo. Okay, since you mentioned wildlife, what kind of what kind of wildlife do you see on the farm outside of like the farm animals? What are you seeing? Yeah, so we don't get to see a lot now, especially because of the whole human pressure. We right. cleared uh, most of the shrubs and all on the farm that would allow them. But what I'll tell you is that we have lots of birds. Oh yeah. Sick. Yeah. yeah this like, audience loves birds. I'd never paid so much attention until I started recording a lot of videos whenever I got the farm and then when I would be playing back I would realize that every video I recorded at the farm there was a lot of birds singing in the in the background <laughs> like all the time even where you think it's perfectly quiet and yeah. serene every time you'd record a video there would be beautiful songs from birds then because of that i actually started paying a lot more yeah. attention and i realized we just have so many birds at the farm like you can't 
you can't even count them. I think at some point I'll start trying to know which bird is yeah. which one. Because I think that's a whole a whole lot of study. So I've seen tourists that come and they know just one look at a bird and they're able to tell this is this bird and what. Sick. Yeah, I'm not so good at that either. <laughs> that's something I'm not able to do now, but hopefully in, in future, when I have a lot more time, I'll be able to study that. But then we get small little animals, rodents here, hares. We used to have porch pines at the farm. You know porch pine, the one with spikes? Oh, yeah, 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 porch Black pines. and white spikes. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because you guys have the ground ones that are like the crested porcupines. Those used to be there. We used, I remember we used to love collecting their spikes. Oh, I wonder if they're Sick. similar to the ones cool. we have at the zoo when we worked there, the African crested porcupines. Yeah, they're really, they're very cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. antelopes, cobs, a bit of that. So That's so cool. Yeah. Sick. That's very cool. We don't see the big cats coming over to the farm areas. Okay. Okay. Man, that's cool, though. That's cool. Seeing, like, those porcupines, I'm jealous. I'm still trying to see the ones from here. All right, cool. It is that time in the show again. That time, as always, it's shout-out time. So, Dr. Bakashaba, who would you like to give some shout-outs to? All the black folks out there yeah. that love and take care of the land. Heck yeah. You're the best. Yeah. Keep it up. Let's keep it going. He's that's like, it. that's it. All <laughs> it's <price>. all of us. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Man, Dr. Bakashaba, yeah. it's it's been great having you on the show. This is really, this is one of my favorite recordings yeah. so far. Thank you so much for being here. It's been so much fun. And I want to give a shout out to the Thank champion you. milker, yes! Noella. Hey. <laughs> You know what? And shout out to her apprentice. My man, come through. You'll get up there someday. We got you. Don't play that young man like that. He has goals to strive for. <laughs> I'm just playing. He's yes. going to get there. Especially chasing those goats. Damn. We out. Your podcast is Allison Jones and Alexi Grusis. Show theme by Spencer Snedden. Show graphics by Khalif Gillette. And lead editing by Patrick Emeribe. Music in this episode is also by Sherry Witt, a.k.a. The Lady Producer. And one more time, that is The Lady Producer. It's The and Lady Producer, all is one word. And check her music out on streaming platforms everywhere. The We Are Here podcast at this point now in year three is entirely listener-funded. And we couldn't be doing this without the financial support of our audience. So I want to start out by saying a huge thank you to all of you guys who've been financially supporting us. Y'all are the MVPs. I appreciate you. I see you. Now, if you don't already and you want to financially support our mission of sharing our stories with an ever-broadening audience, go to patreon.com slash weoutherepod. This is where we're going to release bonus content when available. Tiers start as low as $2 a month. And at higher tiers, you get complimentary merch quarterly. Now, a new thing that we're adding in is we're also going to be adding uh, transcripts of the episodes to that Patreon. We're also going to be releasing, or trying to at least, release episodes a little bit early for the Patreon. And these episodes that we're releasing early are going to be the unedited versions in their entirety. So we'll release those a week early. So if you guys like listening to me make a ton of jokes that no one laughs at, flubbing a whole bunch, come jump in. Enjoy. 
Now, if you don't have the money and to support us financially, which Allison and I definitely understand as two brokies ourselves, you can give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast, and that'll make a huge difference. As two people without a marketing team or marketing budget, this is going to play a massive role in how many eyes we get in front of. So just drop that quick review as you, after you listen to this episode. Tell us how much you loved it, and we'll love you back. Now you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the We Out Here Pod. And if you're a black, brown, or indigenous person in science and nature and you want to share a story with our audience, hit us up on social media or on our email at weoutherepod at gmail.com we out here pod at gmail.com because i think your stories deserve to be heard now we want to give a big shout out to all the black and african farmers in there whether in you're in the gulf south uh, southeast asia or if you're still on the continent of africa we see you we love you we hope you stay safe now if you want to see more of what dr doc now if you want to see more of what dr baker bakashava is up to Follow him and his adventures on the farm at No Bean Farm on Twitter slash X. Once again, that is at N-O-V-I-N-E underscore farm on Twitter. Now we want to wish you a final happy new year. And now, start off the year right by getting that ass outside. Thank you for having me, even though I'm always here.